Perfect. Well, then we'll just roll right into it. Yeah, let's just get into it. Great. Well, who are you? I'm Colton Simmons. I'm Dan Prevet. That's I was going to ask that. Oh, okay. Let's take it from the top. Who are you? I'm Colton Simmons. Cool. And uh, this is the back field. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Oh, man. Well... (laughs) Hey, everybody. Hello. Long time no see. So good to see you. As much as we ever see you. Thanks for being here. It's really not changed for us and your relationship to us. We've always been distanced. That's true. We've always been distanced and we've always only spoken sporadically. Yeah. (laughs) Once every year or two (laughs) at best. But this Uh is our our season four of The Back Pew. Uh, It kind of came together amidst a lot of chaotic experiences i would say the lord brought it together there we go yeah when you don't have a good specific catalyst (laughs) just uh give it to god to god (laughs) (laughs) uh no we're gonna do something a little bit different this this season obviously 2020 just kind of your standard normal year yeah i feel like you know just just pretty basic Mm -hmm. uh and we didn't we didn't put out any any the back pew material Oh yeah, and uh, we 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 decided we wanted to try something a little bit new. We're just gonna have just just Colton and I having a couple of conversations. We're just gonna get into talking about specific topics, all centered around friendship. Yeah, since we can only really see one or two people at a time anyway, we mm-hmm. figured, hey, it's only one or two people in this podcast at its yeah. core. Um, so yeah, we happen to be up here in Jackson Hole of all places. Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah, I felt good uh, to do a a, a, a Browie friendship series in a mountain cabin. We needed right? some fresh air. Yeah. I'm very yeah. grateful to get that crisp mountain air. My God, yes. So we've queued up a few topics. We've been brainstorming for a few weeks now about what we could cover that you know me and Dan could speak to without a guest because. A lot of what the intention behind our show is, is bringing in diverse perspectives that we don't necessarily hold um, and just batting around our different experiences and trying to find some shared truth and and kind of get enlightened together. Um, But there's a ton of things I think me and Dan have experienced throughout the years that we can cover ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of them just being the evolution of our friendship and all of the things that encompasses, because I feel like when you have a really deep friendship with someone, it really covers every major category of life it certainly can yeah and i will say gentle listener right now you may be wondering wait a second it's just the two of you just you guys (laughs) talking i don't tune in for you guys i tune in for your wonderful guests to which we respond we We, get it we love our guests (laughs) they are our favorite part of this show and I want to comfort you by saying these are these are going to be a little shorter. Right. We're going to keep each episode a little bit briefer. It's just going to be us batting some things back and forth. We're going to get raw. We're going to get honest. Mm-hmm. You might hear us talk about stuff that we wouldn't necessarily bring up, you know, it, when we're trying to ask a guest about their opinion right. and their experience. Also, you should know this is probably more for me than it is for you. I am timing these so that they are short. They're mm-hmm. going to be a half hour or less so mm-hmm. that we don't ramble on. I've always been very uh, particular about what I say and how much we talk because I think your time is precious and uh, I, we, it's very valuable to us. It, so is, I don't, it is precious. I don't want to just ramble and assume that you've got hours to kill listening to, to, to us verbally process. So. Also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that you, know, you may be listening to podcasts when you're driving. You might be doing a lot less of that these days. <laughs> so you might be listening to us while you cook breakfast. Well, that doesn't take an hour and a half. <laughs> We're going to give it to you in 30 minutes. There you go. And so 
kind of under the umbrella of friendships. We're going to cover different topics. You'll see it in the title names themselves as far as what we're covering that day. Um, as far as this first one, we're just going to go over a little bit of what we covered in our live show because when that ended, we had a lot of people kind of come up and say, like, you were just getting into some good stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I really am curious about X, Y, Z thing. Um, and I think friendships in general are probably, they're less sexy on their surface. We'd rather talk about intimate relationships. Well. I mean, or sex itself. I mean, yeah. I've seen you without your shirt. <laughs> That's very true. And even less. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to kind of piggyback off that live show. I've got some notes from, I mean, from things people brought up a couple of years ago when we had our first conversation that we just wanted to follow up on. If you've not listened to that live episode, go give that a listen. That was super fun. We had yeah. great guests, and that's 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 worth tuning into. We had a doctor on the show. Yeah, so that a real helps. life doctor. Yeah, real life. You know, someone who uh, uh, you know justifies being listened to. Yeah, but. PhD, not MD. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. don't get too excited. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, so to start here, I mean, we're just going to talk about how we define friendships in general. Um, and granted, this is from two dudes, so uh, we'll get into the difference between the sexes later on in this series. Mm -hmm. uh, but for now, one of the things me and Dan have kind of gone through is huge communities of people. Mm -hmm. So mostly like mega church environments. And there's a lot of relationships to choose from. So I think what me and Dan had was kind of a unique experience of intentionality behind cultivating a brand new relationship kind of out of nowhere, like yeah. no pre-existing history. No, we went to college. No, we grew up together. Um, no, like you're married to a, a sibling of mine kind right. of thing. And I think that's one of the aspects of friendship that maybe goes um, like underutilized or, or it doesn't get enough shine, which is like the pursuit of a brand new friend. Friend, friendship on purpose. Right. Yeah. I think that when when you're young, so many of your friendships just sort of form as friendships of convenience. Right. I think that you know, that's, I, I think, what choice does a child have other than to be friends with people who live in their neighborhood yeah. and go to their school? Mm -hmm. um, and then you get a little bit older, you go to college, and maybe it's those guys in your dorm, it's those guys in your, your field of study, it's people you do plays with or play sports with. Um, and then as you get older, I think you go through that weird phase in your 20s where, I, like for my experience after college, I was like, this is getting a little lonely out here. Yeah. I mean, where, where am I supposed to, where am I supposed to bump into people? Because mm -hmm. I, that was the only way I'd ever made friends is like, right. well, you're around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I feel like our friendship, which, uh, really began to really began to spring forth in our mid twenties <laughs> was kind of one of the first friendships for me that I was like, Oh, we're like doing this on purpose. We, we met in a common space, but then it was like, Hey, let's, let's like, hang out. You seem like a great guy. Let's get together. And we like really tried to do it intentionally. And I think, uh, I, I mean, I assume most people have to do some degree of that as they get a little older. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think it's very similar to dating relationships where there's usually one person who's more on the pursuit and one person who's more on the receiving end of the friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, and for us, it was very much, I saw Dan hard to miss him. Uh, large, Big fella. large man, yeah. large personality as well. But I'm also just a lover of comedy. So I have, I've done like a master's thesis on comedy and spirituality because it's the thing that I've loved the most since I was a little kid. It was like my medication from... You've done... Pain. You've arguably done more work on comedy than I have. <laughs> yeah, yours just being live and mine being at a computer with books. Uh, less, less fun for the general public. But I've, I've always been impacted by comedy and I saw Dan do a, a one-man show at a church retreat so, yeah it's church camp yeah it grown-up church, church camp grown-up church camp yeah you need a catalyst of some kind yeah um 
And everybody, of course, when someone crushes a performance, any of you who are performers out there know you get swarmed with people all over you. Oh my God, it was amazing. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Da, 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 da. Let's grab coffee. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's be friends. And I was like, man, that's going to be hard to break into. Um, and I don't think we actually started becoming friends until the, a year, almost yeah, a year later. About a year later. But it was always on my radar. And I've never done this before. I've never been a guy who pursued another guy to be a friend. Mm-hmm. I've made friends in sports and I've made friends in school mm-hmm. and, uh, or activities like a, a, a mission trip or something. Right. I've, I've always had like a long season together. Cause I think that's how a lot of guys make friends because mm-hmm. you have to do a shared activity together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you need. You need that like medium to bond. Yeah. Well, I think that in, in, in some ways it can feel so much more, intimate and intimidating pursuing a guy in friendship than it can feel pursuing a woman in dating. I mean, they're both, they're <laughs> yeah. both scary in their own ways for sure. And yeah. pursuing a woman in dating certainly is, is fraught with terror, but it's weirdly vulnerable, like to go yeah. to another grown man and you don't want to be like, Hey man, would you like to be my friend? Because right. we're not eight, right. but like <laughs> that is essentially kind of what you're teeing up. And yeah. it's, it's, that's so vulnerable. Dude, it's, it's weird. I don't think culturally we have a good template for it. There's yeah. no like social protocol for, okay, then a man does this and the other man responds this way. And then they go to cocktails. And then after eight weeks they do that. It's just, it's just the wild west. It's like, you have no idea what you're getting into. And you could just look like a weirdo. And I think some people are sometimes really desperate for connection and it ruins it for the people who are maybe more in a stable place and just see something. Like I just saw something in you that I was like, I kind of want that in my life. Like that's a cool mm. dude. He's funny. He's very insightful. He's got a unique past with like his spirituality. Mm-hmm. I also can relate to some of these changes he's talking about in his show, but I'm not going to force the issue. And so that's why it took a year mm-hmm. for us to become friends. And as much as I resent that guys always need like a shared activity, yeah. it's just the way it works. And why, we went, why do you resent that? I was raised by like women. Mm-hmm. So my mom and her friends, I spent a lot of time around. And so it was very comfortable just to go deep really fast with Talk, women. Yeah. You yeah, just yeah, shared yeah. your emotions. You shared what you're going through at school, your ups and downs. Um, and my, my dad and my brother are super teasy mm. and you just like shit on each other and you rib each other and like pretty sharp. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't actually like have that like love yep. thing going on in the background. It was just mean. There was not also hugging and <laughs> kindness. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, all of my guy friends literally are are really close to their mom mm-hmm. rather than their dad. And mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of brothers mm-hmm. like you, Mikey was the best man at my wedding. I mean, I can go down the line. We're all really close to women more so than men growing up. Yeah. And I think I just don't have a lot of patience for the, I just got to make a lot of like sports references. I love sports, but yeah. I just don't want to have to like play the game, you know, yeah. the small talk game for a year before we, you know, eventually open up about our insecurities. It yeah. just takes so much time. I think particularly for young, sensitive boys and young, sensitive men, it's, it's much easier to bond with women because, yeah. and, and that was certainly my experience. It was, um, it was easier for me to get along with, uh, female friends, girlfriends, mm-hmm. um, oh, not yeah. romantic girlfriends, but you yeah, know, yeah, girls, my, yeah. My, the, the friends who were girls. And I was a mama's boy when I was yeah, young same. and, and until I was 32, which is now, <laughs> um, I think that. And I wonder if that is actually more universal for boys and men than most of them would want to let on. 
I wonder mm. if that desire for like, I actually do wish we could be a little bit softer. Right. I wish we could be a little bit, can we be a little bit more like tender and gummy-ish? But there's a bit of an expectation that you can't really do that. Yeah. I think as a, as a somewhat unnaturally sensitive guy, I still feel that a lot. And I sometimes feel like, is this dude safe for me to like really get real with? Am yeah. I able to really open up with? And that is kind of what I need for deep friendship. And that can be, that can be quite a barrier. Well, yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting that I think about both of us being very emotional because I think you communicate that from your stage persona a, yeah. a lot. But I think it's also defensive just to be like, hey, here's, here's what it is. Right. But on the exterior, you also have like a traditionally masculine vibe like mm. where you're bartender you're big you mm -hmm. got a low voice you know what i mean like you come across like you would be a cool man's man mm. and i have i have like a lot of anger and i have a sharp opinion about things and i think that comes across maybe more overtly masculine mm. and i like love the ufc and i've got like a bunch of things that like fit right. into that category right but it's just like dude i could quote you've got mail like every right. line of that movie right. you know what i mean i love going shopping i don't like going hunting you know what i mean like you re you really are like knowing you you truly are a sour patch kid you're you, <laughs> what, what is that you, a sour the candy a sour patch kid it's 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 I know sour the candy, and, the analogy. <laughs> it's sour and tart uh, mm -hmm. at first and then it's sweet oh, and gummy see, like see, you, you've got like you've got a real sweet core right but i think that all of those things uh, do sort it, you you have to like get through that a little bit, and right. it's not even that it's like this huge impenetrable shield. It just takes a little bit of time and energy. Yeah, and I think that like you're not gonna do that. The average person won't do that with you, and probably with other men like you through small talk. That ironically makes me feel a little hypocritical then, because it's like I I do say oftentimes that I'm like a slow burn mm -hmm. because I don't like I'm not like uh, charismatic from the jump. Like mm -hmm. you or my wife are like very people just fucking love them right away. Uh, I would and like then, to say I feel like for me that has that has tempered with age. <laughs> I feel like there's less of that. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. thank you. But I I think it is like one of those things where I don't I a minute ago I was just saying I didn't have the patience for other guys to to w wait to get mm. open. Um but then it's the flip side is I guess I don't lead with that stuff because I feel like it's not readily accepted. So I would That's rather just get point. deep and emotional right away. Not like crossing healthy vulnerability lines yeah. too quickly, but just more so talking about like, how's your job? Like, I don't know. I got a boss. that's like this. I'm thinking about my purpose in the company. I mm -hmm. like those kind of company or those kind of conversations rather than like, good, good, man. I'm just crushing it. Like yeah. got a job at Google. It's fucking great. It's, it's been cool. super positive. Yeah. <laughs> been, a, been really, really just getting a lot of work done. And you're like, okay, that's cool. a, that was a 15 second. Yeah. Thank you for the PowerPoint. Yeah. And I'm like, I can ask you five more follow-up questions, but I'm not getting a vibe of there's anything else there right to manifest uh so it's tough because i'm always i feel like leading the dance with follow-up questions and looking for deeper things and with guys it's like you know what maybe we should play basketball for an hour and a half and then when i get tired and on the drive home i'll say something real mm, yeah I once they're broken that, down yeah i know that's the rhythm <laughs> i know that's the rhythm but i mean even like when i love i love c.s lewis the four loves because it talks about friendship being the most important love, the most important form of love. Cause you know, you have like intimate love, Eros, mm -hmm. you have Philios, which is the friendship love mm -hmm. and you have agape, which is like this kind of unconditional spiritual love. Mm -hmm. um, What's the he, fourth one? Charity. Mm. It's he kind of like teased those other three up to talk about this one, which I'm not as well versed on. Mm -hmm. um, but the friendship one, he's like, it was, it's born from two guys looking at each other and going like me too, man, like me too. Like I mm -hmm. also like that. I know that phrase has been 
uh, oh, sure, bit of but a I mean, dark, yeah. yeah. But, but we can use it. Oh, yeah. It's the it's just the vibe of he's, his analogy is like being in a foxhole. Mm. Bullets are flying around, but then somehow you start joking around about the kind of socks you wear. And you're like, yeah. I also do that. Yeah. And he's like, that small catalyst is the spark for all friendship. Yeah. It's shared experiences, shared perspective, and enjoying the same thing. Well, I do. I think it's really cool that you bring that up because I do think there is something, obviously, war is hell and should never be advocated for. But there is something so strange about how men throughout history have bonded in the terror of war. Like there's so many stories of like all these men in World War II who came back and told their stories. It was like the level of friendship is almost romantic with everything except the romance it's just yeah. the, this deep level that makes me think of lord of the rings man exactly people always make these like oh frodo and sam are gay jokes and right. there's all these memes about it and it's just like it's just that intimate it's and it's, i think it's like when you strip away all of the comforts and all of the distractions of mm-hmm. like well i've got to maintain a certain level of of cool i've got to mm-hmm. maintain a certain level of like i'm in control right. all that's gone and you really are just surviving, burying your face in the dirt, trying to not be shot. The yeah. guy next to you, something in you, I think, just wants to say, like, I see the human in you, right. and I'm scared too. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're not alone. Like, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. And I think that it, it makes perfect sense that, you know, Tolkien writes a Frodo and Sam character based on his friendship with guys in the trenches of the Somme. Like yeah. those are, those are directly influenced by his time in world war one. And like, I think he actually, I, I think historically he served as an officer mm-hmm. and British officers in world war one were assigned, um, like one guy who was their secondhand sort mm-hmm. of like support character. And I think that's what influenced his Frodo Sam relationship because his mm. guy was just like, where you go, I go. Yeah. And I'm, you're never going up over the top alone. Yeah. I mean, that kind of loyalty, I think, is rare and special. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really hard to cultivate, though. Yeah. Because you need adversity. Most of us aren't getting shot at. Yeah. And there's not a lot of reasons to go find a, a you know metaphorical way to get shot at yeah. together. You know, you almost have to, at least as Western Americans... Life's pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we go through pandemics and things together, but uh, it just feels like there's less things for you to, for us to go endure together. Mm-hmm. For us, we collaborate on the back pew, so there's something that we work on and we aspire for. But uh, aside from the coronavirus, we haven't endured the same thing at the same time together. Well, have it's kind you, of a unique thing. Have you found in histories, past and present, that um, friendships really reveal themselves when really difficult, terrible things do happen? I think it literally has to. I think it's a prerequisite for friendship. Mm -hmm. I mean, men and women alike, I think you have to go through things together. And I know it's true for, I mean, all of my best friends, including my wife, I can look at their friends Mm -hmm. and go, yeah, they went through this insane season, a death, a divorce, Mm -hmm. uh, an affair happened to them. I mean, all of these things were catalysts for, okay, now that person has transcended into this real level of friendship. And then that's when I think people start calling people like, Oh, she's like a sister. She's not like a friend. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Which we'll talk, we'll talk about friendship boundaries in another episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think because the word friends has been incredibly watered down, it's just, we use that term so flippantly that we've lost the idea of friendships as something you earn. You know, I mean, you think about teammates who 
win a championship together. That they endured an insane amount of work, adversity to achieve something. It may be silly, it's a trophy. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. But it was the journey. It was that process of enduring thing. And I think a lot of people who have easy lives, they won't have friends. Yeah. They have people in their life. They have community, quote unquote. Right. But I look at people who say they struggle with friendships. Um, and I'm like, you don't do anything hard. Mm. You don't go through anything. Mm. So how could someone ever be a friend to you mm-hmm. when you have no adversity? Let me ask you this question because now we're both in our 30s, so we're, we're really elders. Um, <laughs> We've got this figured out, Oh, guys. man. It's been a long, hard road. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, a 23-year-old guy who's just graduated from college, and he, he comes to you. And let's say he went to your college, so that's the okay. connection. All right. And he's in L.A., and he's like, Go Cougs. Hey, man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, man, um, so I just moved here, yada, yada. Um, I am pretty lonely mm-hmm. and I don't really know how to go about like finding some good friends. I, I would like to find some good solid friends. What do you say to, you know, 23 year old you? I mean, I probably would do a little snooping mm-hmm. quite honestly. I'd probably look at like their social profiles to see like, is this a crazy person? Oh, okay. You know All what right. I mean? I always do a little vetting to be like, is this person lonely for a reason that I cannot help. I know that sounds really judgmental. What if, what if it is, is what if it is you, like, what if you get to talk to you at that age? Like, what do you yeah, tell I mean, you? I certainly went through that. Cause I, when I graduated APU, I didn't, all my friends moved away. Mm-hmm. Like APU is Christian college in Southern California. So everybody is from somewhere else. Not a lot of locals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they move, even if it's like 40 minutes back home to like Monrovia or something like that. Right. They left. And so then I moved in with my best friends at the time uh, who were a married couple, but then eventually they moved away. They're like, we're, you know, we're moving up to Seattle or whatever, Denver. Um, so I was alone and I was in, and then I moved to Hollywood. Yeah. I, I didn't have any real f- friends. I had people I loved, like my, the guy like who was my best man at my wedding. He's going to school in Montana, right. but I have no friends anymore at that point. And I started to make friends doing background acting. Mm-hmm. Not really, again, I hate using the word. I started to make social connections. People I could grab a drink with, hang out with, collaborate with. I started doing like open mic night gigs because I was playing guitar with a guy I met on set who sang. Mm -hmm. And that was, it just kept me not lonely. But they were all transitional relationships. Like my mentor always says, you have friends for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. Mm. And so I think like a reason would be like a mission trip, a short-term activity. Mm -hmm. A season would be like a job you work at. Mm-hmm. You have a coworker, and but you're going to both leave that job someday and then probably the end. Or yeah. like a roommate, like for me living with guys. Yeah. And you remain friendly. But yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always, if they ever come back to town, you're like, let's grab a drink. And then you have yeah. lifetime friends, which I think is like you get two or three of those. Yeah. And so and when I was in that season as a 23-year-old with no friends, I just had to admit these are all going to be seasonal. These are all going to be six months to a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got to, you know, Mosaic and I met people like you and a, a group of people that I was like, you guys have the character that I am inspired by. You're, you're, you're not going to get me into like in trouble. You're not like a really chaotic, toxic personality. That was a really generous belief of you uh, <laughs> at the time. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I always, I always look at potential in people and I just got into a space where I saw a myriad of people with potential. And so that's what I would kind of tell like a 23 year old me is find people to have a good time with and not get into too much trouble with, mm-hmm. but just, you know, bide your time and do things that matter to you. Yeah. And so what mattered to me was being involved in a church community at the time. Uh, 
And so I found other people who wanted to be involved in the community because not just because they were lonely, but because they wanted to serve a broader purpose. Yeah. They were actors, writers, musicians, accountants, bankers, whatever, but they inherently had something in them that was like, I kind of want to be a part of something bigger than making money and having two kids in a white picket fence. For sure. And I was for like, sure. oh, everybody here is kind of a little restless for something more. A, a mission. Yeah, 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 something. And people that I could go out to drinks with and have conversations about theology and the Bible and relationships and get deep with. Um, because, I mean, going to a church in Hollywood like that, you're kind of overtly saying, like, I want something more. Yeah. I'm interested in something more than this city has to offer, and I don't know what it is. Um, I have an idea. I have, like, this comfort with this Christian faith or the Jesus narrative, and I'm just going to show up here and hope I find some people that are doing the same thing. Yeah. So I think that's all you can do, and there's just going to be some really lean seasons of, you know, the the best you get is seeing your best friend once every two, you know, two to three months, you know, maybe you fly out and visit and then think, you go back yeah. to your loneliness, you know? I mean, I think 2020 has been a lean season yeah. for a lot of people where it's, you know, you really, even if you might not want to, you find yourself really picking the people that get time and attention. Yeah. And, uh, that's, I, I, that's actually a great way to put it in the same way that there will be, you kind of have to accept that career wise finances, they just might be lean. Yeah. If you're pursuing something you really, really are passionate about and love and aren't just pursuing a comfort or trying to just like, I'll take the best paycheck. Yeah. You're really pursuing something that is of value to you. You might have to accept this might be lean. Yeah. And I think that's a great comparison with, with friendship. So how do you then, how, how, what would you tell other little Dan's who are like 23 and maybe they're swamped with people who are speaking into their lives and trying to hang out and grab drinks because you're like a fun person or you're charismatic or maybe you got a lot of stuff going on for you and people just kind of orbit you regularly. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice would you give them as far as navigating that? Yeah, because I was a, just a, a, a total social butterfly. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really valued the amount of uh, friends um, in quotes <laughs> that I had and, uh, not friends in quotes in that they weren't actually kind, genuine people who were being friendly to me, but I just didn't know that there was a deeper version of friendship out there. So mm -hmm. I spread myself really, really thin. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, I was already pretty rough when I moved out here, but in college I was, it was insane. I, I wanted to meet every person I could and just like be able to say like, I know them. Yeah. We're friends. Ah, yeah. That guy. So when I moved out here, I, I'd say if I talked to somebody that was experiencing that, my number one piece of advice to little me would be like, um, be sure to keep an eye out for character and not just attention and affirmation. Hmm. Attention and affirmation, like you might receive, because if I know that I'm talking to me, I know that what I really was craving was just attention. I felt really insecure and I, I was looking for like, if people give me attention and if people give me affirmation, I'll be okay. And I think I would try to help myself flip that a little bit and be like, pay attention to the things that are really, really important to you. What do you really value in other people? What qualities are really important that you want to cultivate in yourself? and that you want to develop in. And remember that to a certain extent, there is some truth in that you will be an average of like the five people who get the most of your time. You will just sort of naturally average out between them. So 
if you notice that there are some people and you're like, I really admire their work. I really admire their honesty. I really admire their relationship. They seem to have a great marriage or I really admire their wisdom. Notice those things and really give those uh, relationships effort. Yeah. A lot of my 20s had was spent learning that the best things in life take a lot of effort and take a lot of energy and work. And I had to learn that about friendships too. I had this belief that like good friendships shouldn't take work. Yeah. And I would just tell myself like find the things that matter to you and give them attention. I'm excited to talk about that on on like the next episode when we're talking about like friendship conflict and mm-hmm. like healthy versus unhealthy influence because I think that's that's a tricky paradigm. Again, these are all things I no one ever gave me like a talk on or a sermon on, or I didn't, I've never watched a TED talk on all these things. And I consume so much information, but no one gave me that model of like, hey, just so you know, here's here's a barometer for what tension in a friendship looks like, for what influence in a friendship looks like. Because I've I've always had a smaller circle, so kind of the way I describe it is like a friend has to have something I want, mm-hmm. which there's a lot of self-interest in that, but I think it's also smart because what you said is you're the product of your five closest people. Mm-hmm. It's impossible not to be influenced by the people you're around regularly, mm-hmm. which is why high performers and entrepreneurs get neurotic about like surround yourself with like top performers and all da, 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 and right. all that stuff, which sometimes yeah. you can go off the overboard with that. Yeah. Um, I would clarify for my younger self that m- you should make sure the things that you're valuing in other people aren't just the attention and affection right. that they get. It yeah. shouldn't just be like, oh, that person's successful. Oh, right. that person seems really word. respected. But truly, like, if they are, you know, at that time I was really going after stand-up. Do you really appreciate what they're saying? Right. Like, are they bringing, you're like, wow, they think really interestingly. I like that. Yeah. Go after them. It doesn't matter how wealthy they might be or, like, whether or not they're on Conan. Right. If, do they seem like a genuinely cool, Ooh. good, interesting person? I think that's a great thought to kind of end on since we're at our 30 minutes is, is like the character is more important than the outcome. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at people's outcomes, that's a way to just go into a dark spiral. Because mm-hmm. then you get like these opportunities you've been seeking, but you're not the person who has any capacity to thrive in that scenario or truly appreciate what you've achieved. Yeah. I mean, that's... I feel like that's kind of the tale as old as time when you, especially when you look at people like Hollywood or athletes who are like, I won the MVP or I won an Oscar. And I just got home and I felt even more empty because yeah. I was like, this is not the right thing I was chasing after. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you have good checks and balances with your friends, you can accept that award, be high achieving and not let it influence your ego too much to where you're in the dumps now that you have no purpose. Cause you're like, no, my purpose was never this. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at being someone who's better a little bit every day. So there's no end result you know in in closing this out one thing that really stuck with me in my early 20s was a podcast i heard with tim minchin who's an australian comedian and piano player is a musical uh, comedian and he in his interview he was talking about how he really struggled to make a living in his 20s mm-hmm. um you know he's playing piano bars and trying to figure out how to make his songs funny and it wasn't <laughs> really connecting and he was hard to place he's also a crazy looking guy um but he said I really struggled to find my way in my 20s. And then by the time I started having a little bit of success in my 30s, the success wasn't all that important to me because I had my wife, I had my closest friends, and I had the people who I was like, well, their opinion is the most important anyway. Mm -hmm. So the rest of this is kind of just a bonus. Right. This is, I can just enjoy this. I don't actually need it. 
I have them and that's, that's for keeps. And I think that's why friendship is the highest love. Yeah. There you go. All right. That's our time, y'all. That was it. We hope you enjoyed it. We got a few more coming at you. I hope you uh, got your breakfast done in mm-hmm. that window of time and enjoy eating that. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's, all, that's all we got. That's a, yeah, yeah, maybe we should have ended on the, on the wise words. but Yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll try next well, yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you on the next one.